All right, time for a hypothetical. Oh, that always turns out well when you do that. Very well. Let's see where this goes. All right, Toy Thunderdome. You have one company that can make your toy. Who is it? Welcome to today's process, the Toy Thunderdome. Stand up, push forward. Let's light the lantern. Welcome to the Understory Lawyer Podcast, where creators build the classic American business with the following principles. One, build a platform. Two, your family is the strategy. Three, self-reliance. Four, the golden rule. And five, commerce that revolves around actually making something. Admission to the Understory is free, but understanding always has a price. Lift like lantern. What is up, creator? Be you in the understory against your will or be you in the understory of your own choosing? Wade Skalski here, the understory lawyer. So where have I been? I actually had some technical difficulties. So my com- my main computer stopped working and uh, I had, look, right here on my desk, I have a external portable backup hard drive that has a one terabyte, 2.21 gigawatts, one terabyte of uh, hardware, hardware space that I'm never going to even come close to filling up with podcasts. Um, and however, I just hadn't gotten around to doing it. That was one of the things that was on my list for the end of next year. And my, I came to find out that when I redid the intros and the outros, uh, I saved them locally, but did not save them in the cloud. So it took me a while to figure out what was going on with my desktop. Uh, so I couldn't do the, I, I, I could, I could have done a crappily done, um, and I know the production value isn't always what you want to do, but maybe I used maybe I used it as an excuse to take a break for a couple of days. Um, but anyways, but with the Christmas season going on and me running around like a chicken with my head cut off and everything that's going on with the kids and everybody's sick. And uh, here's my excuse. It's wait, it's not an excuse. It's an explanation. No, it's an excuse. I just actually, frankly, didn't have the time to figure it out. So I was like, all right, we're, we're, we're going to hit next year strong uh, in terms of every day. And uh, I feel like I might have some give after 557 episodes of consistency. Maybe I can have a couple of days not work the way that I want. So there you go. So sue me. Sorry. Uh, but I got that sorted out. I, I it, it was so funny. It took me to find an $11 gaming mouse with a cable on it. Uh, that changes colors and looks like um, looks like a Decepticon, basically. So it is kind of frightening because it looks like I have a, a Decepticon transformer just sitting there, glowing different colors, just waiting to for the right time to transform itself uh, into a robot and strike. So it's a little disheartening, but uh, this is how I, these are the conditions that I work for you. So. What are we talking about today? Well, I thought that since we're getting close to Christmas, I would give you some of my observations on the Toy Thunderdome. So here, here's the thing. If you don't know this, I have two children, Luke, who is three, Madeline, who is five, and uh, they're now in this fight relentlessly phase with their words. They, you know, when, when Luke was born, Madeline straight up tried to murder him 100% of the time. And then that like percentage of physical assault diminished to like, 50 50. But now that now that Luke's three and he's big and strong for a three year old, he uh, there are consequences to engaging him in a physical battle. So it's it's uh, she's a little less she still does it, but she's a little less excitable. (laughs) So she's resorted to uh, the backup of of her words. We have the best words. And um, 
So anyway, so they're fighting back and forth. But anyway, it's going fine. But my children are young and it's a spiritual practice, as I often say. But the thing is, is that what I did learn is is to totally zero out my expectations for anything that I ever purchased for them ever. And um, I should have I should have learned this lesson when we were flying out to um, when we were flying out to Virginia Beach uh, and we're on the plane, we discovered that. If you gave my daughter a plastic cup that just she just loved it like now this wasn't when we moved out this wasn't when we moved out here this was a couple of years before so she might have been like one and a half or two maybe maybe less I don't know it's all a little fate I'm a little hazy on the ages but you, you know you have all these toys ready for this trip you're, you're ready to go you plan you, you pack your bag you got all your wipes and you got 50 different things to give to them on and just a, just an empty plastic cup just she just played with it for like 30 or 40 minutes she, maybe she was one chewed on it played with it and um if we would be in an environmentally <laughs> an environmentally conscious plane with like a cardboard cup it wouldn't happen but so I should have learned from that lesson, but I just noted it down. And then it's a callback memory that once I did learn the lesson is like, look, you never know what your kids are going to glom onto. But there, if you're going to have a toy Thunderdome, if you are cast into a what if alternate universe where you have to pick something and you say, all right, hypothetical omniscient being who's placing me in a obscure Thunderdome match for my uh, my very life and death, and they then chose you get to pick one manufacturer of toys. Who would it be? I would have to say that my manufacturer of toys for consistency in my children liking them, for consistency in their ability to survive and durability, is Melissa and Doug. Now, Melissa and Doug, I know nothing about their company other than the fact that they make lots of stuff with wood. And the wood seems to do better than the plastic. And for whatever reason, like I, I, I don't know who the designer, designers, designer, what their themes are. I don't know what it is, but it does not matter what area of Melissa and Doug you purchase. It has staying power. Now, like any other toy, they'll play with it and they'll go on to stuff out. But they do come, they'll go something else, but they do come back to these toys. So you got the mermaid with the with the magnetic different types of clothes and you can make a totally different, thousands of difference of mermaids with the one mermaid toy base and the, all the different magnets you can put on it. You've got the the big hit for my house for years and years was the Melissa and Doug cake. There's a cake you can get with candles and a cake cutter and it puts together with Velcro and something about they're cooking the cake. They're, they're making parties with the cake. They're just, they're just walking around with the cake. They love that thing. So I don't know what it is, but you, you experience the same thing with a restaurant. Like you can have... You can have two two similar restaurants. They both make good food, but there's something about the setup of one of them that is just far superior and you get a better experience, but you can't place your you can't place your your thumb or your finger or your mind or your hypothetical omniscient being um, on it. You just can't. And it's really hard. And so that's why that skill, the ability to design a physical plant for a restaurant, and it doesn't have to be like super swanky expensive. Like I've been to you know, I I don't know if it's still there, but I used to every once in a while I'd go to Boa Steakhouse, you know, on Sunset. There's, then there's the one that's on on in Santa Monica off of Ocean or whatever. And I, I liked whoever did those. Those were cool, and those are like really that's a really expensive steakhouse, right? I don't know if it's still there, but that's the one that we went to, and um, and there was just something about it, right? But then you'd go then you'd go down the street and you would go to like the kind of the hole in the wall or um, the hole in the wall 
Mexican or Italian place. And it's the same thing. It's just like, you just liked being there. And one of them, you know, wasn't like super loud and crazy. It didn't really matter. It had nothing to do necessarily with the people that went there as much as it had to do with the vibe. And it's almost as if the vibe attracted the right people to the place. It's almost as if the vibe of the Melissa and Doug toys helps them to outshine all the other toys that are there. And I would have you consider the possibility that the only way that you can do that is to be an authentic creative collaborator. Like whoever is in charge of designing those things has a vision and they've stuck to it. Whoever's in, you know, if you have a good restaurant, there's a person that's like, um, they, you know, they had a vision and they stuck to it. And the, the opposite can be true. So there was this restaurant that used to be this Italian place that I like to go to. It was like a like a local Italian place. It was in a mall, all right? But So don't hold that against it. But it was owned. It wasn't a chain, a national chain. For whatever reason, it had been an Italian restaurant, like a local chain of like three restaurants. And there was one left and it was in the, the Valencia Mall. And um, we used to go there. And it was like, because I could walk there. And then I wouldn't have to worry about getting a DUI going home. And I would go there and it was locals that pretty much there mostly and you'd have some mall traffic but most of all it was just the locals and it was just like a really fun place and then they decided they were going to redo the whole place and the owner of the restaurant had his wife design the place right and like i'm 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 not saying you can't have your wife design the place but if your wife clearly does not did not know anything about restaurants because the wife designed the restaurant like she imagined a restaurant should be designed as. And so it went from this really homey place with this like really, you know, Italian home menu to trying to be Boa Steakhouse basically. But the menu didn't change very much. And you, it was such a, there was no, the, basically what she did is she told the entire group of people that used to go there, you don't want to go here anymore. Because I walked in this place is like, oh, no, I'm not going in there. It's it's like when you see someone play a character in a movie, an actor play a character in a movie, and then they do a remake. You can't unsee the first person if you saw the film for the first film first. Does that make sense? Because you have a first impression that is then the impression of what that should be. So my impression of the Italian restaurant that's in the mall that I used to walk to was down home Italian restaurant. It wasn't supposed to be like Boa Steakhouse. And so all the work that had done of all the goodwill of all the years of all the people that they attracted to that place uh, suddenly they just jettisoned them all and they started from scratch which is not a recipe for success I walked in there I told my wife it's like this place is going to close within two months we went once we never went back the place was closed within two months and they spent a fortune remodeling that place and it's just a failure to misunderstand is that, and I've done this in my own businesses is, is, is I've I've gone into areas of things and this is one of the failures of the high level elite level marketers, right? Is they, is, you know, there's a very, there's a very big thing about modeling, like, Oh, go find something that works and sell something that, you know, model what works. But if you, the thing is, is that just looking at something and saying, I'm going to copy what they're doing. There's two fundamental problems with that. One is that you did not go through the lessons that the person that made that successful went through. So you don't understand the market like that person understands the market. So you don't know how to adapt to your own market that you're picking because you know nothing about it. You're just copying or modeling what someone else is doing. That's problem number one. Problem number two is, is that you're going to, even if you're successful on that, it's not going to feed you as an entrepreneur. Now the money is going to be great. You'll be like, oh, I'm making, if you successfully do it, you'll make the money's going to work. It's like, oh, it's like the wider perfect. Some people are going to make money at it. It's like crypto. Some people are going to make money at it, right? But then it doesn't feed you. You're not fed by the wins and the losses as much because you're just copying what somebody else did. You didn't go into the understory. You didn't go into the chaos. You didn't fight the bandits and the monsters. And you didn't earn. You didn't earn the business. 
you just copy what someone else has, has done. Now there are some people that have made a lot of money copying what other, other people do, but I don't, I don't know if in there, you know, and, and I should say this, I wouldn't be okay with that personally. Now, if you're okay with that personally in your heart of hearts and that you just want to make money and it doesn't, doesn't do anything for you, that's fine. But obviously for me, if you've gone, I've gone through this process of discovering that I want to, you know, help people build the classic American business is that that discovery process allowed me to just settle what I'm doing. That discovery process allowed me that when things get real squirrely and don't work for me, not to start looking at the exits of the business and being like, well, what other business do I copy now? And then I'll just be jumping from business to business with the frequency of a cheap ham radio. So these are all things to consider. And like we've, like I've said, is that the merry-go-round's about to stop. You know, now everyone's saying, you know, it's looking like Russia's going to invade the Ukraine for Christmas. All I want for Christmas is a Russian RPG, a Russian RPG. Well, I think, you know, the Ukrainians are going to get that. I don't know. Maybe, I hope I'm wrong. Maybe it's just all bluster and bluff. But, you know, in my deep military military history, zero. I don't know. Maybe it's going to happen. But if it's not that, it's going to be something else. There's so many vectors of problems right now that the merry-go-round is going to stop. And so you want to make sure that whatever whatever business you're building is that you're not going to immediately look for the exits when things go south. Is that you have a creative clearing, a place to stand to make decisions from. And part of that is believing in the business that you have because you earn, you earn that belief. You didn't just borrow it. So whoever runs Melissa and Doug, I would have to, if there is a Melissa and Doug, I don't know, maybe it's a giant corporation conglomerate, but there's someone somewhere in there that knows what they're doing, that they've paid the price to be able to have the vision to consistently put out things that little kids like the most fickle market in the history of the world, three to six year olds or whatever, one to seven year olds or whatever it is that their market is. So what I want you to do is take out your Ranger Field Journal. If you don't have a Ranger Field Journal, take out a regular journal. If you don't have a regular journal, go get one. You're going to need one from time to time. But for right now, take out your Unicorn Trapper Keeper from the fifth grade. And I simply want you to write down, am I willing to earn my business? And just remember, there is no end if you stay in the path of understanding. All right, creator, I know you want to escape the current understory that you are trapped in. I get it. I've been there. But in order to do that, you're going to have to have a creative clearing, a place to stand in confidence and clarity. I'm not going to promise you some magical course, coach or codex, but I cannot help you unless you raise your hand and say, I'm over here. You can do that by subscribing to my daily email list at understory.news. Raise your hand and say, let's get out of here together. The podcast contains the philosophy and the five public principles, but the daily emails have the insights, innovations, and shadow principles of building the classic American business that I only discuss with my subscribers. Raise your hand and let's light the lantern together. The path of understanding never ends, but that does not mean you cannot get to where you want to go. Subscribe to my daily email list at understory.news. Go like the lantern.